Hi, I'm Chris Hutchings and I'm your host. Welcome to the Thank You Interview podcast. The podcast that talks to content creators about their journey, about the lessons learned, about their processes and about the advice they would give to those who want to be content creators themselves. You may be experienced or you may be yet to hit publish or record, but I guarantee you there will be loads of insights and takeaways for you to think about. In today's episode, I talk to my favourite LinkedIn creator out there, the wordsmith that is Mr. Dave Harland. If this is your first time here, I wish you a very, very warm welcome. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I am sure you're going to. Dave was a terrific guest. If you do enjoy it, let me know your favourite bit on social media, at Tenku Interview, everywhere you may look. And don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you are listening to this. It would also mean the world to me, and I'm sure Dave too, if you share this episode far and wide, there is probably at least one person you'll think of when listening who would also benefit from also hearing it. So make sure to let them know. One final quick request from me before we get to the good stuff. If you do find this podcast helpful, feel free to return the favour and help me by leaving a review or giving a rating in your podcast provider of choice. That's enough of rambling from me. Now, on to the podcast. Okay, Dave Harland. A huge welcome to the Thank You interview. I think I mentioned in the email when I reached out to you about how I remember you from the marketing meetup when you had a gladiator helmet on. And I've never seen anyone control the marketing meetup videos quite like you did that day. And I knew from that point I had to have you on my podcast. Thanks, one, Chris. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was a funny one. The gladiator helmet. I, I actually thought that that was going to fit. And then. <laughs> the pod the uh the, the yeah the oh. webinar i tried it on it didn't fit and i was like oh shit i'm just gonna have to wing it now yeah that kind of made it made it come to life fathead dave i just i just remember twitter going wild about dave Harlan and his gladiator helmet i mean i'd have to ask joe i don't know i don't know what the what the numbers were for that one but i, I bet it was higher oh man it was proper daunting joe told me before and he was like um yeah so there's like over a thousand signups i think on the day there was like 600 people watching wow. first time i'd ever done a webinar so i'm just like oh how was it i kind of just i kind of just embraced it you want once you're a minute into those things mm. all the nerves tend to go and all of the, the kind of oh you know the overwhelm that you've got <laughs> all of these people staring at you and you're not you're not seeing any of their reactions yeah kind of talk so any of my little daft jokes and quips and that i don't know whether or not people are laughing i can see joe a little bit kind of chuckling but <sighs> yeah it's a funny one but i've done i've done quite a few since then and they all seem to be sound but yeah i love i loved that one well yeah, credit funny. credit to you dave because i i would never have known that was the first one it was it was good nice one and i, I just want to also add in your linkedin posts are without a doubt and I reckon I'm speaking for the masses here, why a lot of people stay engaged on LinkedIn. They should be paying you some sort of retainer. I think that this is just class. Oh, stop it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, other platforms are starting monetizing now, aren't they? So yeah. I think it's I think it's time LinkedIn. Yeah. But LinkedIn see themselves as a networking site, don't they, rather than social media. So yeah, I don't that's, think they that's ever the will, problem but... with it, Dave. I think everyone takes themselves a bit too seriously on LinkedIn. And then yeah. When yeah, you come along, like the stuff you do, I think it just it lightens the mood quite drastically. It's good. Yeah, I think self-deprecation is is one big thing. Like when I I get you know potential clients coming to me and saying, you know how how can we be how can we be fun? And I'm like, okay, question one: Are you actually fun? <laughs> yeah, no that's... point trying to for no point trying to force fun. Um, but like the the second thing I say is just try and have a bit of a laugh at yourself. Don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can kind of poke fun at yourself and and be you know be the butt of the the, the first joke joke that you tell. Um, I think 
people tend to warm to you. Um, I know, I, I, you know, any any teachers that I had in school, yeah. if they could take the piss out of themselves be- before kind of, you know, getting us on their side, it was it was way way easier for them. Like so, yeah. I've always, I always kind of tell that to potential clients. Yeah, I agree, mate. I agree. Um, I mean, I, you bring up school then. I don't know if that's going to segue nicely into question one. It either will or it won't. But I think you're the first person actually I've had on here who is actual like full time writer as opposed to someone doing it as part of something else. So I guess, how do you get into that? How did you get started? Yeah, from a very early age, like loved. Um, my dad got me into like Scrabble when I was about six or seven or whatever. And then okay. within like a year, I was just trouncing him. I, my vocabulary was just like, I was like used to love reading the dictionary and learning new words, proper little swath. Um and then it just went on from there. I, I read, you know, all like your, your typical, you know, kids' books, you know, Beatrix Potter and Roald Dahl. And Roald Dahl in particular was like, just like the mad character names he comes up yeah, with yeah. and the weirdness. I was like, wow, that, you know, that really struck a chord with me, the, the kind of weirdness and the, the fantasy side of things. Um, and then the, the writing just kind of naturally followed from that. I used to write like little stories and poems and things about my family and just random stuff. There's a poem about dogs that was on my nan's toilet wall for like 15 years, <laughs> um, which I've dug out. It's on my website now. So I, I quite I, yeah, I quite like looking at that now and again. It paints me into it. Well, it makes me out to be a little bit of a psycho kid, the way the, 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 the poem ends. But yeah, I won't spoil it. If anyone wants to go on my website and I'll look at me share, about page. Share the, uh, share the link with me after and I'll put it in the show notes if anyone wants to check yeah, it out. Yeah, I will do. So yeah, so I was writing stuff. I was reading everything. Um, and then, yeah, I like, loved English as well. So went to um, when when I was like fifteen, I was like, you know, let's let's go and do some kind of writing for my work experience. And yeah, I got the opportunity to go to my local free paper and do two weeks as a journalist there, um, which was great. Loved it. Got a byline in the paper, and I was like, ah, oh, I want to do this as my career. So that was the hook. In. they got the hook into you there, and then right. That, that was it, yeah. Went all in. I mean, obviously, like local papers, working on local papers, not the best paid job. So there was always like, you know, I, I was one of the first people or the first like grandson to go to university, you know, in, in my family. So it was like high hopes. But then, as a, as a, a you know, a journalist on a lowly local paper, I, like every single one of my cousins were probably earning more than me, even in you know relatively manual manual jobs. Um, yeah. So what Defo wasn't the best paid, but yeah, I was like, sound. Let's let's let, can I do this as a degree? So that's what I did. Did um, three year degree uh, up in, in Preston, Central Lancashire Uni, um, in journalism. So I learned all the fundamentals of kind of writing news articles, headlines, how to structure, yeah. you know, features and sport articles and all of that type of stuff. Um, and and then yeah, got a got, got a job as a as a football kind of semi writer reporter um straight after uni um and he really did that for six months and then i was back at the old uni doing um i was, I was the editor of their um journalism department website okay. so they, they kind of knew yeah they kind of knew you know what i was capable of knew that i was looking for work because this thing as a football writer didn't work out and yeah i was lucky enough to go and and, and you know work for them as the editor of their website but straight away it was you know it wasn't i wasn't being impartial it was all kind of pr i was promoting the university so even as early as that i mean i'm talking that was 2003 2004 maybe so getting on for 20 years i didn't even know what copywriting was but i was essentially their copywriter right. writing the stuff to promote the yeah the journalism department um, did, you have, did you have the same style as you have now 
No, no, that's that's only really come out in the last kind of four or five years. Once I've kind of found my natural voice, um, I think I've always used kind of humour and um, tried to get as much of my own personality across in my writing. But I've really leaned into it more, especially on LinkedIn since yeah. the, since the lockdown, really. Um, but but yeah, back then it was just like I, I was just writing the you know in in the, the exact style that the university wanted. So they had brand brand guidelines, and I was adhering to those and using the same kind of tone and lingo that you know that that fitted in with the department and the university so yeah and most most jobs that i do even though you know i get the, the creative freedom to do whatever i want really within my own market and you know when i'm working with clients they yeah, give me brand guidelines i've got to stick to them otherwise you know it's it's just the, the dave harlan show you know taking the piss and it it really, really doesn't work you said two things there i want to pick up on one you said your natural voice so it took you my mask 15 odd years to find your natural voice seems like i don't know why do you think that was such a long time um i suppose it was only when i went freelance in like 2015 that i had to do my own kind of market and so i'd never really been i'd never really been need it never been needed to oh oh there we go sorry it went off a little bit um yeah, so that that uh, it had never been needed for me to kind of hone my own voice. But right. when I'm when I'm you know when you're doing your own marketing and when you're effectively selling yourself as a freelancer, I, I think it's important to get your, your real authentic personality across. And that became apparent as soon as I went freelance. I was like, okay, on LinkedIn, everyone's being a little bit kind of safe town. Just it's just an extension of their CV using yeah. the same professional lingo. If I just speak like me that's going to make me stand out. So that's what I did. Um, and then I've gradually kind of dialed it up in terms of the using human and all, all different types of comedy um, yeah. on, on LinkedIn to really kind of stand out as that go-to person who can, who can provide that for your, your market and stuff, you know? Well, that, so, that, that um, leads me on to the follow-up question about what you said about brand guidelines and work with clients who I imagine see your stuff on LinkedIn and think, Oh, we like the style of this guy. But then do you find that when you get brought in to do the, the work they want, you get they have to rein you back in again? Not for any fault of your own, but just because it's, just, it's weird. I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, it, it used to be the case before. I mean, at, at the moment, if they have found me on LinkedIn, they know what they're going to get. So yeah. I very rarely get people saying, can you come and do a white paper on you know <laughs> IT solutions? Because they just know I'm not the right person to do that to go and get you know, someone who, who works in IT or a content writer who's used to writing that stuff. But typically at the moment, it'll be, you know, our stuff's boring. Can you make us more fun? So yeah. it, it, they're already, I don't have to do too much selling in terms of, you know, here's why you need to stand out with personality. They're already seeing kind of me do it and they just want, you know, me to be able to kind of translate what I do over to their business and make it, it make it work. Sometimes it, it doesn't. Like it, it can feel a bit try hard and it's like, trying to force jokes here or they might start out thinking oh we you know we want to be really funny and silly and daft and even if it does a kind of align with the brand personality it, you know when when we we try and execute it with some headlines you know they get cold feet yeah, quite quickly that when they think, that, oh, how, how many of them sort of push back once you actually put it into practice yeah qu- yeah quite quite a few i mean it's it, the 
the, the more I am myself, you know, in my own market and the, the fewer and fewer times I, I really, you know, encounter it where it's, oh, this is like too mad for us. Normally, the, 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 at the moment anyway, if they're coming to me, they're already bought into it. So it's like sound yeah. like almost anything goes. So very, very rarely after rain, stuff in too much. Um, but it still happens. But I mean, it's, it's light years apart from, you know, even like five years ago when yeah. I'd get all of those same, oh, can you do a blog? Can you do this? And I'd be like wasting conversations with with people over like really boring stuff, which I wouldn't really want to be working on. So um, it's kind of helped filter out those those yeah. jobs that wouldn't wouldn't be suited to me. And um, you know, the clients would be paying over their odds to get me in when they could get somebody who's a you know sector specialist or more of a content writer rather than getting me in to write the really kind of catchy, persuasive stuff. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so part of this podcast, I don't know how many you may or may not have listened to, but I kind of really want people to have something to take away. Obviously, you're very good at what you do. And I'm curious about how you brainstorm your ideas, how you come up with concepts, um, ideation, that sort of stuff that people could maybe sort of look at and go, oh, that's, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Or, you know, maybe I can. And that, that could be across client work. It could be across your amazing social posts on LinkedIn. Obviously, you've got a newsletter as well, which is very similar type of content. But you always have to seem to have these very eclectic topics. And part, I mean, I'm not even worried about anyone else now. For my bait, I just got really curious how you sort of come up with all this stuff, like your uncle Dave in Angola and all the <laughs> all those sort of things. Yeah, yeah. The, the characters is just one kind of little. I have I have these little buckets of areas where that can go, which. Um, you know, one is kind of educational stuff. So I'll, right. I'll, I'll just, you know, teach someone a new writing skill, but it'll very rarely be, you know, straight up. It'll, it'll always be tongue in cheek or a real hyperbole where I've just taken it into like mad, almost like, you know, the way Bob Mortimer does. He goes really surreal and makes up mad character names yeah. just to make my stuff stand out. I'll tend to do that. Um, but there'll always be a, a kind of serious takeaway a kind of thread beneath all of the silliness so education yeah. is one i do a thing where i wind scammers up so when scammers um get in touch with me on linkedin usually to sell bitcoin or something i will take them down just weird little rabbit holes and tell them make just make up stories on the fly about like why i couldn't possibly invest or yeah i'm dead keen on investing because i've just funny, Dave, you, i do you, since i've seen you doing that and i imagine you probably get messages from other people I do that more and more now where it used to be just an instant delete out of my email. If I'm bored or I've got a bit of time for it, I will reply. <laughs> Some, they're not quite as obviously as uh, skilled as you, but just part of it is just trying to um, prolong the, the funniness and the, like give them a taste of their own medicine. Yeah. Well, I get people like saying like, I'll, I'll publish them on LinkedIn, the entire yeah. story with a scammer. It could be like 10 slides long or whatever on a PDF. And you know they tend they tend to do well. They're quite popular. The scammer stories now, so they get a, you know a few hundred people liking it. Loads of people comment saying, oh, "I love these." When you're doing a book, blah 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 blah. And then the, the, amongst all the nice stuff, which is the, like I love getting the, the positive feedback. Like gives me a proper buzz. Nice, yeah. it's, it's great knowing that you're making people laugh on you know when they're you know just having a boring day at work or something. But there's there's always like two or three people saying I don't know where you find the time to do this stuff like I, I'm I, like I, I'm well too busy to find the time for that and I'm like look I get work off the back of this people people read this stuff and get in touch and go 
can you do like funny stuff like this? Maybe not winding scammers up, but you know, can you yeah. tell silly stories about like, uh, you know, our, our work day that could, you know, um, yeah, capture people's imagination a bit more. So, um, it, it uh, on one one on one and yeah it, it, it brings kind of client work and it's demonstrating my skills but it's also good practice as well as a writer um yeah having the ability to to kind of just think up scenarios and character names and yeah. j- just when they're replying i'm thinking of where i can steer the, the, the you know the story into like a funny little avenue um, is is that how you see it? Of, practice it gives me loads of practice. Genuinely, yeah, it gives me loads of practice in in thinking up stuff on the fly. Like I've done probably fi- over fifty of these now. Yeah, I never have like I never prepped them beforehand. It's normally they get in touch with me, and I just think, right, what's a mad, what's something mad I can reply? Bang, I send it to them. Then they'll reply, and I'm like, okay, where can I take this? <laughs> I'm just thinking of them on the fly, and it just it keeps me on my toes as well. I know yeah. when. A brand gets in touch with me and they go, "Oh, we need a load of ideas, you know, concept ideas." I know I'm not just coming at it stale, like, "Oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to have to Google stuff and use ChatGPT." None of that because I'm doing it day in day out on on just the, the the wackiest of stuff. So it, yeah, like I said, it keeps me on my toes and it's it is good practice for the real thing when I when I do after you know, think of scenarios or analogies to, 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 to make, you know, products and services, often abstract, mad, complex services and products, yeah. give them a bit of grounding so that people understand it. I do rely on, yeah, some of the, the, the kind of, the techniques that I'll, I'll use to come up with, with, with scenarios and stories in the, in the scammer stuff. So, um, so, so yeah, back to the buckets. So there's the educational one, there's the, the confused, the scammers ones. I use comments quite a lot on LinkedIn. So I will comment on. You're trolling big, people, aren't you? Like you're trolling. Who's the one I saw the yeah, other day? Big creator posts. So you've got usually the ones with like a few million followers. So they're like to Simon Sinek or Tony Robbins or Gary V or, in the past where it started was Oleg Vishnopolsky and the stuff they share is it's just vacuous rubbish really it's just truisms you know the best leaders are the ones who care about their staff it's like sound like I, you, I saw did the you one you lead, did the other day but did you go an, to leader school for that it was an acronym or something I can't remember and it was like shite or something <laughs> what was it I can't remember it bugged me someone had put like a, an acronym of their how they put content out or something and you were like oh no no you should try this method it, yeah, it was the guy who steal. He advised looking on big creators' posts and stealing them, the, yeah, all yeah, of their yeah. ideas. And That's he the he created some. But the acronym didn't even work. It was like he fell down at the first hurdle, mate. <laughs> so, so yeah, so I said, um, and I'm normally either agreeing with them or disagreeing. I try not to like trolls. Normally, just you know, they they're normally quite um, you know um, vindictive and, and yeah. quite quite rude um i tend not to be i tend to rely on being quite you know satirical and and i kill them with you know by being articulate rather than you know going to going too hard slamming them um so this guy yeah i just said yeah i completely agree i use a similar method called the cop-out method and the c-o-p-o-u-t was like you know copy and paste and stuff shamelessly and then O was you know offer it you know i can't even remember what they were but yeah all, all six steps were basically like look mate this is this is a shit way of going about doing yeah. your content if you if all you can do is rely on copying i do have one question about your commenting on trot on a linkedin yeah, go on. Was um, have you ever for people who don't know your stuff, you sometimes do the photo credit things where you try and get them to credit a funny name. 
Have you ever it's, had anyone actually do it? Yeah, there's about six. I've probably there? done. I've, I've probably done about a hundred of them. So for anyone who doesn't know, it, again, it's 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 usually um, these people who are in engagement pods. They're just posting like just you know like it, it could be. We don't have um, any value, really, do they? Like a like a four hundred meter race where someone falls at the start, and then they somehow make you know their determination makes them win. They end up getting up and beating everybody, and then they end up winning the race. And it's all like uh, uplifting, and you know you know what the comment, you know what the the post's going to be like, you know, determination and resilience, and it's just just what just crap, not helping anyone really. Mm. It's just them. It's just an excuse to post. So usually they'll they'll post videos or images or whatever. And yeah, my way of just commenting, just to try and raise a smile amongst other people who are looking at this stuff, like I am, from kind of, you know, with a wry smile on my face, thinking this is just crap, really. Yeah. What, like, why is why are you posting this rubbish? So, yeah, I will always comment, great post. I'll get the name wrong on purpose. So if his name's Sean, I'll say great post chain. Um, <laughs> don't know why, just came up with that. It was added a little bit of extra funniness. So yeah, great post chain. Yeah, thank you for these learnings about, you know, resilience and, you know, tripping over at the start of races. Could you also please credit the videographer? I believe his name was, you know, Henry Plunksocket. (laughs) Yeah, 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 Sheila fell over. Um, So, yeah, so I've been doing these for a few years. And, yeah, there's, there's been about five or six, I think. Maybe, maybe more who've who've actually gone and credited the people so yeah i see that as it's almost like yeah like <laughs> the, vic- the victory when it finally works and I'll, of course i screen grab them and then i'll st- i'll tend to stick them on so i won't i won't make fun of them on linkedin um i'll tend to stick not because i'm a shit house but i think my the, more of the people who kind of laugh at that type of stuff are within my circles on twitter yeah. which twitter's more me creative mate linkedin is like i'm connected to so many randomers and scammers and like i welcome them all i want to see all of their terrible stuff just so i can have a little bit of a pop at it so yeah i've, I've posted those those things on on twitter I I um, just... I'll, follow, I'll follow you on twitter after i don't know if i do or not but I mean, Twitter twitter's a mess i can't just i've missed so much stuff on there i don't really go on there enough but... oh, it's not, no one's really on there anymore like since musk took over it's just gone to gone to, yeah engagement's down and mm. yeah hardly anyone's on there everyone seems to be be um yeah turning up on linkedin trying to um yeah trying to throw the weight around it's a, it's a funny old place linkedin at the moment yeah do you, do you like i mean you obviously enjoy linkedin i'm assuming do you do you enjoy doing it or is it is it purely a, a marketing tool for you it's, it, it will always be i mean i do enjoy it because the bulk of the stuff I ninety nine percent or maybe not that much, ninety-five percent of the stuff I do is it kind of makes me laugh as I'm doing it. Yeah. I'm like, you know, it's usually a piss take. So um you know, I'm 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 always like my first audience. If it, if something I'm writing sounds really sad, but like laughing at your own joke. But if something I'm writing makes me laugh, yeah. like it's like job job done. So yeah, it it was always a, a means to get clients, and it will always be that. But yeah, it, 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 yeah I'd be lying if I said it wasn't enjoyable. But there's still always. It's not just me, like I said, messing around on there. There is a strategy. I want to be known as that that person who can who can provide that that kind of funny personality. For filled copy for, for, for people's businesses and i think the, the kind of going all, all in on the funny has, has kind of helped me to do well, that, that you i know. was going to ask that how many of your clients or potential clients sort of cite the linkedin content as, as a reason for getting in touch 
Most of them, yeah. Most yeah. of them, you know, and I'll go to network and events. Oh, you're that guy off LinkedIn, aren't you? So it's like it's like I got get spot. I weirdly got spotted before Christmas in Belfast. Like I'm from Liverpool. Like you know, you got to get a plane to Belfast. Yeah. Um, some woman came up to me, yeah, in the, in the bar. And she was like, "Are you Dave Harlow?" Oh, my mates were like taking the piss here. Yeah. I thought they'd pull it up to it, but yeah, um, she recognised me just because. I mean, if I'm posting once a day, yeah, it, it, the law of averages means that you know someone's going to see this massive face and in us in a crowd and go, yeah. "Oh, I kind of recognise him." So that's yeah, that's what that happened there. Um, but yeah, client-wise, yeah, yeah. Most most of them, to be honest, now, yeah, they 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 say, oh yeah, love the love the, the the funny stuff on on the LinkedIn. Can you do that for us? And likewise, it puts it it's in back to what I said before about being a filter. It puts loads of loads of businesses off as well, which I don't mind. Yeah, I'm not I'm not here to work with work with everyone. You know, there's only one of me to go around, so um, I'm quite happy filtering out the people who who just wouldn't entertain that type of stuff anyway. Yeah, fair enough. Um. I, I kind of it's, it's funny talking to you because the questions sort of don't, don't know if they make quite as much sense but for those people out there who want to get right better at writing do you have any specific systems and processes or things in place that can help people tools you use apps you use or is it a case if you just sit down with google doc and just chuck it out a bit yeah most of the time um there's no it's, I'm, I'm, I, you know, as I said before, I did journalism at uni back in like 2000. So, mm. social media wasn't really a thing. You know, I was recording interviews on like a, a proper old tape recorder. Mobile yeah. phone looked like house bricks. So, certainly before I was learning this, those kind of fundamentals before the age of all apps and stuff, and you know, prompt chat GPT prompts and all of that shit. Um, kind of learned the old school way. So they've always kind of. Yeah, been my old reliable ways of doing things, the old school technique. So at the start of every job, I'll split the box into into four, yep. and whatever I'm working on, I'll I'll write like all the rhymes to do with whatever I'm working on, all the synonyms, so like the, all the associated words, any experiences that I've had with that product or service, um, and any idioms that are, that to do with it, and that just gives me a, a big bank of kind of associated words and phrases to play around with. So oh, just little, is that is that a, is that a writing technique? Is that like uh, has that got a name of something? Um, no, I give it a name. Like it, the, like the four initials: rhymes, synonyms, idioms, and experiences. It kind of spells rise, but right, it's a bit boring, isn't it? So in in a newsletter one week, I called it Esir. Sounds like a mystical <laughs> Middle Eastern amulet or something. So and I quite like the, the sound of that. So yeah, I call it the Esir method. Um, okay, sounds like sounds like something out of. Indiana Jones, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, that's just what I mean. No doubt, there's other writers out there who do similar things. I just, you know, you give something a name, you can own yeah. it, can't you? So, yeah, that's just. And ever since I started, yeah, copywriting, really, that was always my luck. I need, I need a load of words to start off with. Nothing worse than a blank page. Every writer will tell you. Mm. Um, so that just gets me, gets me off and running. Um, and and now and again, it'll it'll just sit there and. So there's some of the stuff that I write, write down there because it's just my first thoughts. I'll kind of just dismiss them later on in a project. Occasionally, something you know will will spring out of that page and become yeah. you know, like the little nugget that will become the, the line, the campaign line, the brand tagline. Who knows? Um, so yeah, I do. I still do it to this day, and that's manual. I do that. With, you know, pen and paper. Oh, I've got one of these remarkable tablet thing, but still manually do that. Don't use you know the laptop to do that or anything. 
anything like that. So still keep things quite yeah, old school. Um, and don't use any apps really. You know, there's all there's all of these AI, AI, AI tools which well, we'll talk about copyright. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about AI in a minute because I know that is a yeah. big topic in the writing of that that remarkable thing. That's like the iPad thing with the you write on, right? Yeah, yeah. So what's, it's it's just like? a, it's just yeah it's yeah it's sound. It's just just like writing on paper. Um, and there's, okay. there's, it, it, it connects to you know your Google Drive or you know whatever your, your cloud is, but it's got no internet on there. It's got no distractions on there. Okay. So if I'm just if I'm just sitting in this room now, I'll I'll just like okay, lap, my laptop's in the other office. I can just be. It's just like I'm having a, a notepad there and pen. So it's yeah, it's my my little doing my bit for the environment, but um, it keeps everything in a nice neat little place, and it's yeah. good as well if I'm if I want to occasionally if I'm working on something, I'll do like a little bit of a spider diagram with a load of associated words from it i can like drop that into you know a presentation deck that i'm doing with the client and say yeah this is where it started there's with the idea and i'm just it's almost like one of those you know in, in like a detective's office where you, yeah. you draw in the, like the string to all, yeah that type yeah. of stuff so you can kind of explain you know a, a little bit more about where the idea came from and why it's going to work because of this and this and you know it, it, i think it just gives sometimes not all the time it just gives a little bit more credence to where an idea came from um and just lets the clients know that there is you know a little bit of a method behind the the stuff that you're coming up with but um but yeah that's the only that's the only tool really okay on that note then so my next question is about analysis and performance and whatever do do you look at when you're putting out content on your writing do you look at the do you analyze how it's worked or what's what's happened? Because I guess it's a little um, bit different from other forms of content creation, or maybe it's not. I yeah, yeah. Do, do you mean in my own stuff or in, in client stuff? Both, man. Both, whatever. Yeah, the client, the clients. I'll, I'll I'll normally you know get the client to feedback on how, how how stuff's worked or not. I'll tend to just do the the creative stuff and the writing. So any you know tracking or anything like that um that they'll either do that with their, their in-house team or like use a third party but i'll always ask to see like you know how has it performed if we're doing a split test you know what won there and we'll do more of what works for them um in my own stuff n- not really I, I mean obviously i monitor you know how, how the engagement of certain posts and certain styles and mm. uh, yeah it's just as simple do more of what works and so sometimes I'll try stuff and it, you know the engagement will be crap and it's obviously not landing with people so that gives me an instant feedback that you know that, that type of stuff isn't working um ultimately like if if people are getting in touch with me after I've done something and it's driving new clients that's really all that matters yeah I mean getting engagement is good because it leads to more followers which means you know further down the line more followers you have the big, the wider you reach. So when they like your stuff, their second and third connections, or your second and third connections, kind of see your stuff. So it all helps. But yeah, the only one that really matters is people, when people get in touch with me. And usually they'll say, "Oh, read that post, or I saw that," and <laughs> I can kind of attest it to, to some some stuff I've done. But that that's it really. Just the stuff on on LinkedIn social. I don't really have any sophisticated like tracking and to, to gauge how how well anything else is done. How are you measuring engagement then? Just likes and comments. Is there, have you any further than that? No, no, just likes, comments, and shares. Like I said, my because my background's journalism. The marketing mm. side of it is just like proper hazy. So 
I, I, while I'm I'm sound and dead confident with the creative stuff, the actual marketing marketing stuff, I I'm desperate to do Mark Ritson's um you know course mini MBA marketing. Oh, yeah. Which will, uh, yeah, I haven't done that. I just, I don't know, I feel like a little bit of an imp- imposter in marketing, almost like I, I can't, I, in copywriting sound and, and storytelling, any of that, I can I walk the walk, no sweat. But in marketing, as soon as people talk about like marketing, you know, market attribution and segmentation and brand salience, I'm a bit like, I'm a bit like, uh, I can't, I can't get my head around it. So I think it'd be good. It'd be good just to understand the fundamentals, is what what I mean, rather than yeah. feeling like I'm I'm fudging it. And one of the reasons that yeah, I do perhaps not track stuff as well as I would if I was a, a you know a traditional marketer. Mm. It's just because that's not my that wasn't my route into what I'm doing today. Do you use um, what's that app called? Shield? Is it Shield? Do you use that? I did the free, I did the free trial. It's like all of them. It's like the oh, sound knowing that. But am I really going to analyze every single post yeah. and do? It's like I don't need that that level of what do they call it? I always get it wrong. Granularity. Granularity. Such an American word, doesn't it? Um, sounds sounds much better coming out of someone from California's mouth um, yeah. than from Liverpool. Granularity. Um, yeah, but I just don't. I just don't need that 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 level of stuff with what I do. I'm just a one man band. I just, you know, it's just me. I've if I had a big business, or I'm opening an agency soon. So once the agency is up and running, we'll no doubt have a few little tools running, which go okay. That blog post working. Yeah. When we get a podcast, oh, this has got so many downloads. I'm sure you, you know, I'm sure you. What type of tools do you use to monitor kind of how well each each podcast episode does? I mean, well, so there's the in built-in tools on my host captivate yeah. and then there's a one called chartable but actually do you know what i find it's really inaccurate i mean i don't know yeah. if there's any other podcasters listening but there'll be times when i'll look at my downloads on my host and they're totally unaligned with what's on i mean that's probably because i set it up wrong <laughs> More likely than anything, but yeah. i don't know pod i mean i've worked in marketing a long time and there's loads of ways for analyzing all sorts of things podcasting mm. still seems to be so yeah. gray like it's just everything's vague and everything's there's so many different like um so many different platforms and so many different ways of looking at things i think it's just no one's really managed to really put there's no there's no uniformity to it either is no, there like you got the, the tiktok kind of views seem mm. to be like astronomical compared with like linkedin you know when you hear like oh you did this post it went viral i got you know four million views it's like on linkedin you're doing all right if you get like 50 because yeah. most of the stuff people are putting out is just like horrendous so yeah there's no kind of parity between are you trying are you between... trying tiktok as well no i created an account and i did start doing some little funny like sketches almost where yeah. I'm, i pretend to pitch a product or a service but it's like the worst product or service it's like in really poor taste um and the person at the other end usually tells me to f off but they're they're the only kind of little ideas that i've had i've got loads more ideas for that type of stuff and i think eventually once yeah once i've got a bit more time once i start dialing down the, the kind of client work and the necessity for me to be in the chair all day writing and come up with coming up with ideas um yeah i'm, I'm definitely going to be doing more video stuff because i think Prop, that's probably where you can get your your personality across, yeah. like well, uh, or um, or a little bit better than you, you kind of write. You obviously you're writing. You you've you've got to kind of um, 
presume that people are reading the stuff from start to finish. And if you've, you know, buried a little joke and punchline and people aren't reading it, it's like, oh, well, it's on video. But you can kind of get that personality across straight away. You look at Rob Mayhew, who does the agency yeah, uh, good, sketch piss takes. He's just like, but he's like a, you know, a mainstream comedian, just, just bossing it on, on LinkedIn. Mm. Like, I, I, you can clearly see why he's getting snapped up to do collaborations with all the all the big companies at the moment, like um, because he just gets that personality across straight away. Uh, straight away. So, yeah, definitely on the horizon to do more of the video stuff. But again, I'm a writer. It's like it doesn't come natural. I'm no. just I'm just winging it really with the video stuff. Whereas Rob, Rob Mayhew is an actual stand up comedian. So, oh, yeah, okay? there's a yeah, there's a bit yeah, there's a bit to go um, in in terms of that for me. Have you ever have you ever tried stand up? No, I've never had any um any kind of training. Although, like, always obsessed with all types of comedy growing up from yeah. uh, you know the early days of the Fast Show and and Harry Enfield back when I was like eight or nine. Um, and, and right the way to more modern stuff like you know Ricky Gervais, The Office, um, Bob Morton, I mentioned before Peter Kay, observational stuff. Load of American comedians who are hilarious as well. I think Phoenix um, Nights is one of the best programs that's ever been made on TV. Phoenix Nights, it just it just hones in on the kind of the um the hilarity of not of normality and yeah. just like zooming in on on the, the the kind of yeah the 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 um the the stuff that goes on in every little mad village around the country, yeah. but like yeah yeah and the character the characters just make it don't they. Yes. Every single character kind of they could have could have their own spin off. There's no deadwood yeah. in that whatsoever. Yeah, amazing. Um, um, the, reason, the reason I asked about the stand up comedy, I'm trying to think who it was. Someone was telling me that they were trying to do more video, and yeah. they but they didn't feel very natural in front of camera, and they wanted to do a bit more public speaking. And someone had suggest, suggested to them that they go and try one of these um, uh, like a comedy school. And there's like loads of classes that you can do for stand up comedy. And it was basically trying to train them to do stand-up comedy on stage. And then they, at the end of the course, they had to perform. And I'm trying to it's racking my brain. There's a previous guest, I think. They were saying it revolutionised how they approached everything from uh, board meetings to uh, client meetings to video stuff, TikTok stuff, all that sort of thing. And it's just, you've obviously got the, the, the idea side of it, definitely. But if you go, I wondered if you'd ever thought about trying to go that next next stage. It's been um, not not so much to be a yeah not not so much to be a, a comedian. No, I I, st- I think yeah I feel I feel comfortable doing what I'm doing. Um, mm. I mean, never obviously never never say never, but I think the 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 approach at the um yeah the I'd say the the approach that kind of stand up take i try and mirror that whenever i present stuff which again you know i mentioned about the market meetup the first time i'd ever done a webinar it's only in the last year that i've been doing um you know getting more into the in-person stuff um like even like public speaking and stuff i kept i'm a writer never really felt comfortable in my own skin speaking like hate the sound of my own voice when i listen back to it it sounds a bit um oh my mic's gone off again um sounds a little bit pie and squeaky and i'm like oh don't know whether that's just a liverpool thing hey mate um no, it always yeah. sounds it always whatever little <laughs> flaws you think you have they always amplified when you listen to stand out more than anyone yeah. else anyone else picks up on 
Yeah, and um, I'd, I'd stop because I, you know, you know, relentless on LinkedIn. I was getting asked more and more to do podcasts with your sound because you, you know, you're just in a little shed, aren't you? Most yeah. of the time, um, but like in person stuff, I was getting invited to do keynotes and stuff. And at the start, I was just like, oh, like made my stomach turn. So I thought I've got to do something about this. So I've been going to a thing called Keynote Club, um, for the past oh, I year. Saw, um, I, I saw something. Is that as Max Hoppy thing, isn't it? Max Hoppy, yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, I was there. I was there with him last night. So he was, um, he's the he's the, the co-host of the, the Manchester marketing meetup, and yeah, runs this this keynote club, which is just really all about getting your public speaking reps in and yeah. and you know learning how to get over those, get over the butterflies, learn you know techniques. If even if you're not really nervous with it, it's all about like just getting clarity and show telling stories and building kind of personality and building rapport with with the audience. So no matter where you are with public speaking, which me at the very start, I said that to Max last night, like I did the talk in front of like 70 people. I said a year ago, that would have, I'd have been thinking about that talk for about three months yeah. with constant dread. Whereas last night, it was just a Tuesday night for me. Like a few little butterflies before I'm, but I knew me stuff, you know, read, read, you know, read me stuff out the slides and, and, and kind of nailed it. But, uh, and Kino Club is ace for that. I highly recommend it's, it's every, Every other Thursday, just an hour on your lunch. If you, you know, if you're working at a company and fit it into to, to your life, and yeah, you just it's just um, you just learn, you just learn so much. You learn to come out your shell a little bit more if you feel quite introverted. Which I was never introverted, never really shy. It was just used to get those kind of oh god, god I, 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 even the thought of being on stage was just enough. And I think it's more the thought of going blank on stage and yeah. looking like a dick uh, or being asked a question and not having an answer and not having the ball to go you know what i haven't got an answer for that sorry and moving on which is exactly what i'd do now if somebody asked me i'd go oh i don't know that's not my area of expertise yeah. i'm not going to make something up on the spot so i think it just kind of prepares you for that um but yeah um back to what i was saying about the, the kind of stand-up side of things like whenever i've seen any talks or any whenever i've even back back to school i always loved the teachers who made learning fun so i thought whenever i'm doing any talks or whatever i'm gonna try and like make it as fun as possible so yeah. um kind of try and mirror most like stand-ups as they're doing um the, the talk so as i'm running through you know this me slides It'll be littered with jokes. There'll always be. There'll usually be like a big punchline at the end, which links to something I mentioned at the very start. So there's yeah. loads, and there'll be characters within it, and there'll be you know all different kind of humor devices, such as irony and and you know sarcasm and and all of that type of stuff. A little bit of parody if if I'm taking the piss out of something. So um, I probably I'm probably already kind of do, a bit like the copywriting. I didn't know I was a copywriter. Yeah. I'm probably sounds a bit mad, but I'm probably already a mini stand-up comedian when I'm doing these talks a few people last night said oh yeah it was like it was like watching a comedian that like deliver it so it, that's kind of the vibe i'm going for <laughs> i don't i don't class myself as a comedian but i tell jokes all day on linkedin so i think one day i may be just gonna have to go yeah maybe i am who knows i, I want to ask you something about something that you just said has really triggered something in my head and it's and it's a term i suspect you might not like the personal brand term it seems to me and please correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me like you are doing the absolute stand-up job of building your personal brand, right? Your audience is growing on LinkedIn. You said that you were getting invites in to do keynotes and to do speeches, clients coming in. You, you, Dave, are probably a textbook 
LinkedIn personal brand builder. But there's a little bit of me that suspects, and you could be totally proving me wrong, that you're not focusing on that side of things. As in, it's not an active decision to do that. No, no, it's all no. just being. I'm not a marketer, so I don't. I don't think like a marketer. I think like a. I think like a writer. I think like a creative writer. And that is why I suspect you're doing so well because you are doing what all the, the textbooks probably say one should do, but you're not thinking about it with that contrived kind of. Oh, you know, if I do this, then this, and then if I do that, then this. It's just natural, and therefore, that seems to be working better than i don't know most people who are trying to build a personal brand yeah i know what you mean and i think the danger when you you know personal branding okay it's a it's a massive thing now um it's, it's basically just being yourself isn't it well, personal yeah. brand is just being being yourself and being kind of relatable to the types of you know people that you you want to do business with that's what it boils down to really so mm. i think if you i think the moment you, you kind of follow in a formula to build your personal brand, it kind of, it kind of goes against it, doesn't it? Because mm. your your personal brand should be authentic, it should it's be not the real natural, you. is it? But if you're following this kind of okay, step one, I've got to do this step two, and we all do it. I I, I write up, you know, ten steps articles all the time. Most of them are taking a piss, okay, but um, yeah, personal branding ones, and I can't you can't have a go at anyone because a lot of these CEOs or you know company founders and entrepreneurs. You've never really, probably never had to think about it, never had to think mm. about how they're going to be perceived on LinkedIn for the next 10 years. So, like, someone coming to them saying, I can help you, you know, sort your reputation out, make you seem more professional, give you more of a personality, so, um, and help you, you know, seem really approachable. Ugh, it, there's no, no, it's no surprise that it's a, a kind of booming business, but. But it is a yeah, surprise from, that you're not <laughs> focusing on it yet, having the results that. And many who are trying to do it would love. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I think, I think, and I think it it does just boil down to that consciousness. It's like yeah. I'm, I'm doing it just subconsciously. It's just like I'm doing more of what works. I'm, I'm always just me, really. Um, again, the t- after the talk last night, the mate like gave me a proper buzz afterwards. One of the guys, Kai, he was like, "Oh, you when you were speaking your stuff, you sounded exactly like I imagine your voice on LinkedIn." And I was like, "Ah." Oh, that's a Perfect. nice because I try and do that. I try and like I drop in like like scouse dialect on there. You know, I'll say aya or that sound or nice one, or I'll call people a knobhead, yeah. um, because that's just how I'll talk in real life. That's a can even though I mentioned like I do it subconsciously. That's a conscious decision to allow that lingo to mm-hmm. to kind of run free on there, and I get pulled up all the time about you know I swear loads in my my Friday email, and I'll get people saying that's unprofessional, that this and that, and I'm like sound. Like, not for you. You're getting this for free. See you later. You, you yeah. don't have to do business with me. Unsubscribe. You, like, you don't. You don't have to subscribe to you know anything that I anything that I do. But for the ones who go, oh yeah, you know what? He he seems all right. He seems easy to work with. For me, that's all. Like, they're they're the type of people I want to work what, with. Mate, I, in business, set, just work, having having someone you can work with. Ah, it's it's like it's invaluable like especially especially if like you've grown up with with like like in my family it's just like the the most kind of down-to-earth working class everyone takes the piss out of one another if that's all you've ever known growing up it's like you can you can see straight away when someone's trying to pull the wool over your eyes or use words that aren't natural you're like 
Like, are you trying to impress me? It's like, just <laughs> give it to me straight. And that's that's how I kind of, um, that's how I try and kind of project myself as well. Just as uh, you know, I am, I am as you as you see me, like me or not me. Which again, it's not for everyone. These CEOs, big business, heads of big business, they've got loads of responsibilities. I'm just yeah. a one man band. I can get away with it. I get a free pass. Like I mentioned that last week, I get a free pass when I'm swearing and stuff. I haven't got anyone else's livelihood to worry about if I tarnish my company's reputation. Whereas if a CEO came out and started effing and blinding, they, you know, they might go, oh, bloody hell. You know, well, he's, we'll he, talk he about that in a minute, Dave, because that might change soon, and then I'd be interested to see how the content changes. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> see. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, Dave. Dave PG Dave. Corporate Dave. I don't know how that would work. Um, you kind of covered it. I, my, my next question is about standing out, and you, you've, you've talked a lot about... Um, your natural voice, being yourself, being funny. Obviously, what you're just saying about you know the words you use and the lingo you use, and, and I, I won't labour on this question because I, I feel like you've given out a load of things already that probably answer it. But is there anything when when you saw the question? Was there anything you thought, ah, oh, that I want to mention? I think the, the best way to stand out by a mile is just do what people aren't expecting. People see the same old marketing crap day in day out, you yeah. know. On Black Friday, every every other subject line is Black Friday offers, Black Friday deals, Black Friday this, Black Friday that. It's like, oh, it's just just pure noise. It's like yeah. the, you know, the scene in Poltergeist where the screen's just like all snowy. It's just like <laughs> there's nothing coming through, nothing jumping out. So if you can just find, um, oh, sorry, Mike went off again a little bit there. It's doing that intermittently. Um, so if you can just find a way to um, just use a phrase. Or even just like, yeah, particular few words that when you type it into Google, it's coming up with one search result or zero search results. You're just saying something slightly against the grain that no one's really read before or just gets them thinking differently. Yeah. I think that's that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna grab attention. Obviously you've got to follow it up with something meaningful in your you know, the body copy or or whatever messaging you're gonna do, but I think yeah, because there's some some mad statistic like we see ten thousand different messages yeah. a day, whether that's you know on your phone, on the sides of buses, um, coming through you know Spotify adverts, whatnot, and there's only like probably you know no point no 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 one percent that even gets noticed, let alone remembered, and certainly not acted on. So it's like you know, bit of a cliche, but the attention economy is like, it's never been more important to grab people's attention now. And people could say, oh yeah, isn't that just clickbait? It's like, not again, not if you follow it up with stuff yeah, that um, key, really kind of back, yeah, backs up your claims or um, isn't just, you know, sensationalist stuff you might, you might see on, um, you know, BuzzFeed or somewhere. Or, you know, I see them now. Like I follow, I'm a Liverpool fan. I follow all the, you know, like the football um, social media accounts and it'll yeah. be like, you'll never believe what this, what this striker said to his wife the day he signed for Bay. And you're like, who is it? And you've got to click this and it's like oh, you, horrible, it? about seven minutes in before it, it 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 says like oh it was such as two years ago and it was like it's like an old story and you're like oh you just hooked me in there yeah. see you later i'm deleting you off leaves, my a, sa- leaves so, a sour taste in your mouth yeah doesn't it? Yeah. yeah so if you if you if you just find a way if you find find a way to do it classy in a non clickbaity way um 
and a lot of a lot of the time it's just it's just thinking about how of how you can kind of say stuff in different ways. I'm working yeah. on a job at the moment um for a property brand and we're doing like a messaging matrix where we're looking at what all the other property brands do and we're just trying to say everything that they all the others say differently. Just say it in a different way, just to help yeah. them stand out, and that's all it. That's all you need to do. Sometimes, just say something differently, and by just by its very nature, it will it will jump out because it's it's what people aren't used to seeing. Like the Black Friday ones, there's a, there's a brand called Spoke who do like men's trousers, and yeah. they they've obviously got a boss copywriter working for them. Um, on Black Friday, their subject line was Black Thigh Day because it's all it's all about getting you th- like the, these lovely trousers onto your thighs. And I was just like, "That's nice." That yeah. but obviously I had a little thought about that. Jumped out of my inbox. I read the email. I didn't buy any kicks. They're all quite tight, and I'm a <laughs> I'm a bit of a bit of a unit. So um, I just I just subscribe because of their their copy. It's lovely. Well, that's it. It's weird actually. We 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 me and my wife very rarely watch live TV these days. And there was something we were watching, wanted to watch. It was on ITV, and it escapes me what it is now. But when you go on ITVX on on the telly, they still bombard you with the adverts, and you think, "Oh shit!" Yeah. But it was the first time I'd watched TV ads in, I don't know, mate, probably three years, four years, I don't know. And I couldn't believe how dross they were, and how just not standing out essentially i was just like oh my god there's nothing and there was one there was a sky one which i really liked it was called um, the greatest show on earth sky sports and it had it was it was genuinely a good advert and that stood out and it just it made me wonder it's like how many of these marketing teams and departments actually have standing out as like a kind of a, a, a key thing on their on their marketing briefs because oh man it's so dross it really was but that's a copyright yeah. thing ultimately right um, or at least a, maybe not copywriting, but it, like, yeah, it can it can scripting be scripting maybe or yeah, who knows? Like what I've worked on stuff where I've come up with some some stuff that I think oh that's Easter, and then it's oh we can't do this because and then legal get involved. We can't we can't do oh, yeah, this. Been there. <laughs> oh, hang on a sec. This is that. Oh, oh are we back on? Can you hear me? Can you hear okay. Me? Yeah. Can you hear you? Yeah. Oh yeah. It died, but then I'm back on. Weird. Um. I think it's just reverted from Bluetooth to normal oh, headset. Okay. But, oh, you might have to do a little bit of editing at That's the end, mate. Sorry about that. Um, what was you saying then? Um, oh, yeah, whose fault it is. So I think, yeah, like it, it, sometimes it's hard to know who's to blame. It's, yeah. u- it's usually a um, a compendium of a compendium of errors. Is that the thing? Is that the phrase? No, catalog know, of legal, errors. get involved, <laughs> brand guidelines, oh, yeah. get involved. It, honestly, yeah. it's like, yeah, you can't say that. You can't do that. Oh, we can't say that. And then like, whoever's the brand manager might be having a shit day. Like they don't want to, they don't want to be as creative or something. And oh, that, oh no, we can't say that. And it's like, before you know it, it's just been watered yeah. down and yeah. down and there's no, no finger pointing. It's just like, can't do that. Can't do that. So I suppose, Campaigns like that, they live and die on on how how good the brief is uh, yeah. and how 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 kind of um, yeah how not not flexible, but how how good the, the kind of brand, how good the brand, how much leeway the brand guidelines allow you to mm. kind of push them as far as you can creatively. And I think sometimes it's easy to get bogged down in the nitty gritty and go, oh, you know, we sound like this, we don't sound like that. Yeah. It's like this. There's, you know, there's, there's an element of blending and flex, you know, flexibility to brand guidelines. They don't always have to sound, you know, exa- exactly um, 
you know, as as every other ad that you've done yeah. has been. And I think it's easy for brands to kind of go down that, yeah, back to the formulas, that really formulaic route um, and, and stuff can end up sounding really kind of safe. And, you know, there's been, there's, there's a study done um, I think Cantar, like the big agency, did a, a study in humour in advertising. Like humour is one way to get your your stuff noticed, make people laugh. You know, it, it lands well. They remember yeah. it. It's like job done, job done. It ticks so many boxes. And humour itself, since like the, the, the like the, the late nineties, it's just gone down. Humour in advertising just taking a dip. There's no better opportunity to stand out with with a little bit of humour than it is now. this fear thing, though, right? Yeah, it's it's yeah. like and as as like yeah as as the brands get bigger, there's more channels than ever. So it's like you've got to fit your your campaign around. It's got to land well on TikTok. It's got to be good on radio. It's got to be good in you know a hundred different places. So mm. and occasionally it's like you you come up with an idea and it just won't translate across everything. It might look ace on a billboard, but you use that as a, you know whatever your headline is on a billboard as the tagline of a radio. And it could just sound shit, and it's no one's fault. It's just like let's just let's just yeah, let's just focus on getting the kind of creative idea spot on first, and then adapt it to wherever we think it, it might be able to work. But um, again, I'm just I'm a freelancer. I get drafted in now and again to work with agencies, so I only really see I'm only on the periphery really when yeah. I'm doing, and I, I do the creative stuff. I don't see half the stuff that goes on, like the politics about about how you know an idea does really get kind of watered down. Now and again, when I work with businesses, I can see, you know, different people chipping away at it. Yeah, and then yeah. we get to the end and I'm like, well, it doesn't really look like the idea it started off with. So, yeah, it's like I'm I'm not putting my name to it. I've done like, you know, I've written a website for, for a client and they've just like, oh, yeah, change all the, the don'ts and the, the I'ms to do not and I am. And I'm like, you want to be conversational? And you like, yeah. you've got some knob higher up saying, oh, we don't like contractions. It's like, come on. But again, back to the strength of your brief, strength of your brand guidelines, and you know whether or not the people signing the stuff off are going to have the, the, the genuine belief in, in yeah. creative stuff, and um, you know, a whether it's going to work, and b um, can we can we kind of test it, and yeah, and once it goes out as well, keep it keep an eye on it and make sure that um, you know it's achieving everything we want to achieve. So much stuff just gets put out there. And just get forgotten by the yeah. audience. You know, you see, you see, like brand social ads with like four likes, and they're all employees of the brand. And you're talking like, you know, big, big know, retailers here with like it, yeah. four likes on their tweets, and you're like, you've been putting tweet. You're obviously paying someone to put like put tweets out for the past three years. The same insipid crap. It's like, at what point will the penny drop? And you go, you know what? Maybe we'll either get someone in who knows what they're doing or we'll stop doing that. But no, they're happy just to go, right, okay. I'll Let's tell take, you a funny keep story. Keep these boxes. I'll tell go you a, I'll tell, No, not now, off the record. I'll, I'll, oh, I'll, okay. I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> um, yeah. But from one challenge to another, so I, I totally hear what you're saying about that stuff. I've experienced it firsthand myself. Let's talk about AI. Shakara AI. Well, the, I'm happy not to enemy. talk about it. But well, is it? I don't know. Like, is it a thing? Is it a problem? I think at thing, the moment, as a as a creative copywriter who um, leans heavily in kind of empathy, lived experience, kind of down to earth humanity, 
I think AI at the moment is lacking in all of the above. It's, it's lacking in all of that. Um, mm. I think if if you're the type of person who, who really does, again, this is just my opinion. I get I I slam AI all the time. Again, I'm positioning against it both as a freelancer, my new agency when I open it. We're positioning against AI. This is this will be all human written, yeah. relatable kind of hundred um, percent lived experience copywriting here. No, no machines will be used. Although you know, who's to say? Who's to say that won't change in a few years? But yeah, the way I see it, um, anything that's anything that's kind of lacking in the, in all of the stuff I said, humanity, empathy. The second you type a prompt in. Uh, you know, to whatever chat GPT as the as the um yeah the um the cool kids the chatbot the chatbot in chief the second you say you know, give me eight creative eight, eight creative ideas to crack such and such brief and then it starts sharing out all of this stuff but just based on stuff that's happened in the past yeah all it's doing is connecting a load of different dots in the background around stuff that's happened before whereas I think this the real skill and the real um the really creatively smart stuff comes in um enjoying dots that um either a haven't been joined before so you know it's not stuff that's actually happened and b it um it really kind of answers the brief it's not just it's not just coming up with the solution it's coming up with an answer to the problem and i think people are quick to go Okay, let's you know we need a four hundred word blog post on such and such. It's like okay, can we take a few steps back and say, is that really what we need? What what's our strategy here? Like this, for me, there's very little strategy getting kind of pumped into those prompts. It's all about output and it's all about yeah. we need this. Can you give me you know an email that responds to such and such about um you know like responding to a complaint? It's like okay. Let's get let's go back to the strategy. Like, why have they complained? Like, have we got a stance on whether we should be complaining, yeah. or are we just running straight to? And I think the danger when you start just rushing to outcomes is that you can very quickly lose um, lose a grip on the, the, the like the, the strategy stuff. The, the, your your kind of your reason for doing stuff in the first place. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a, I think it's dangerous ground to rush into if you don't really know what you're doing um you know i know there's i know there's people out there i know there's other writers using it to help them with you know ideas and how oh, can you give me eight ideas you know i've i've relied for years on these old school techniques so that i don't really need any prompting i've 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 got the ability to kind of come up with madcap ideas um you know it's not to say i don't ever hit dead ends but the last thing I'd ever think of would be to go to a machine and go, give me such and such ideas. Don't get me wrong. I, I you know, I use, you know, thesaurus.com to come up with other words for things. And I'll type in, you know, to Google, what's another, or, you know, give me 10, 10 other words for this or, but the ideas and, and, and the, the kind of the creative approach that I'm taking, it's all, it's all directly linked to the brief and what their objective, the, the client's objectives are. Yeah. And it's not just kind of blindly going, okay, give me, you know, spit out these ideas, which, okay, they might spark another idea further down the line, but even just having a rudimentary look at it over the last few months, it's just like spitting out the most generic stuff. And yeah. back to what I said about the humanity and personality, it's lacking in that. So I think from, from you know, my point of view, it, I, I'd still be having to do all the hard work to, to put that 
that humanity and the personality back into it. Like it doesn't, it like it, you 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 ask it to, especially my tone of voice. It's yes, like I've, uh... I I mentioned um, oh, one of my one of my former sponsors of my of my 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 Friday newsletter, um, Beth Joy. She's got a boss um, like tone of the nine immutable laws of um, tone of voice. I think that's what it's called anyway. And it's all about like how, you know, you can't just kind of make up a tone of voice. It has to be authentic and you shouldn't be parroting your audience. It should be all about kind of yourself. And what was I getting onto there? I always do that. Lose me train of thought. <laughs> I um, You're talking about uh, AI and um, your tone of voice and replicating how you talk and what the client wants and, yeah, so so within within my Friday email, I was kind of swearing, and so, yeah, some fella got in touch and was like, "Oh, you you know, you shouldn't be doing this." And I'm like, "Look, this is my this is my authentic tone of voice. Like, yeah. this is just how I am. It's like, um, you know, this is this is me, and this is how I'm going to use it. If you type in a swear word, or if you ask ChatGPT to swear, it says, "I won't use offensive language." Oh, and it, it goes all like, "Yeah, <laughs> you won't do it. That. It's just like." So for me, doing my stuff and any brands that you know have that slightly sweary, slightly edgy, you know, yeah. tone of voice, it's it's probably not going to spit that stuff out. There's a dead smart brand strategist called Tom Roach, and he uses it, and his team uses it to um, whenever they have a, like a creative brief to solve. They do their own work, coming up with ideas, and then what they do, they give the same brief to ChatGPT, and if Chat whatever ChatGPT spits out, they then go okay. We can't use any of those ideas then because if it's that generic that a robot yeah, could yeah, come yeah. up with it, they must be rubbish. So, um, They're clever. So, yeah. I mean, again, it sounds like I'm being really pessimistic here and going, oh, there's no no point to this. And I'll probably sound like, you know, a dinosaur in, in kind of real terms when who's to say in 20 years, all of these AI tools, yeah. it'll probably be just the way people work. Like now, when we use Google, or back to what I was saying before about, you know, the old school ways of doing journalism on a on a um, using the physical tools like a, a a tape recorder and like my old phone, which yeah. you know didn't have any internet on it. Learned all that stuff the old school way, and I still do them boxes to come up with the words. Yeah. Used to say in twenty years' time, when I'm like probably retired or easily be retired, hopefully. You know, be living somewhere in the sun. Um, that yeah, the, the the kind of the standard because you know these younger copywriters will have grown up like learning these this stuff on the job, and no doubt you know the companies they're working for at the moment will be like, oh, start using this. Everyone else is using it. You know, yeah. it's AI plus human. It's like you know, it's the future. Who's to say it's just going to be part of their processes and the stuff that I do now might just be like, well, hang on, you were doing, you're doing stuff on pen and paper. It's like that scene in Back to the Future, isn't it? When yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he plays on the arcade machine. You got to use your hands. That's like a baby's toy. It's like exactly what it'll be like in, in the kind of years to come. So, um, for, for now, for the time being, I think it's a, it's a strategic advantage of ours to, um, position ourselves as um as non-ai um for the types of brands uh, um, and businesses that we'll want to be working with particularly because um we'll be providing that kind of weird unexpected um silly um yeah relatable stuff that i i in early any testing that i've done and i haven't done much because it's just like okay it's it's not it's not spitting back anything that i would ever use um Mm. it just it just hasn't been able to produce that stuff who knows in a few years i could probably upload five of my previous emails and it will probably spit back 
you know, something that is there or thereabouts might turn a voice, but they'll never get that, there. That's the, that's the key to... word, right? There or thereabouts. Yeah, and you're still having to do the work as well. It's like, yeah. okay, it'll get you past the blank page. It'll get you a little bit of the way there. But it's like, and where's the fun? Like, we get into the, especially copywriters. Mm. It's like when someone comes up with a really good line, um, my my one of my mates, Nick Parker, he he made this point in one of his emails. He's like, there's something inherently human about us when somebody comes up with like a really nice strap line or something for you to go, oh, fair play, like that was yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when a robot is coming up with it, it's like it's just like it lacks it lacks all of that. So I think the, the when the humanity is sucked out of it as well, it just makes it just makes everything less fun, and that's not what I'm about. So yeah, I'm I'm kind of or uh, well, definitely against it at the moment. Okay. But yeah, practically, um, I think it'll probably probably just become part of what we all do. Okay, let's move on then. I don't want to stress you out about AI. Anymore. <laughs> you see me like Steve, you're like, these robots. Um, I quite like just putting like at the end in, in, within my emails whenever I I make a this is my my newsletter by the way um, whenever which I which I um, highly recommend I will link that in the show notes as well it's it's a it's a good read oh, nice one, one. one of the one of the I told about this the other day actually there's only a handful of newsletters that I read religiously hmm. uh, whereas I'm waiting for it to come in and Friday's quite rich actually yours and yours and two others in the morning. Um, yeah, I get a few on a Friday as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll have to think about changing it to another another date and time. Now Friday sound that suits me. Um, it's good. It gets you, gets you, it's good for the weekend, right? People don't go out and then tell people about yeah, it. Yeah, that was the, yeah, that was the idea for it. Yeah, yeah. just throw it out around lunchtime, and everyone's kind of already thinking about their first pint yeah. aren't they, at the weekend, or you know where they go going camping with the kids or whatever. So everyone's in, yeah. everyone's in chill out mode. So me throwing a few little you know choice. Choose little little mad phrases at them. Um, I think it's gonna yeah, it's gonna be better received than on a a wet Tuesday morning. Yeah, I agree, um, mate, I agree. for instance. But um, but yeah, within that yeah, within that email, um, whatever writing tip or story or whatever example I've given about how to make your writing um way more engaging, I'll then say, oh by the way, or and finally, I also gave this same brief to one of the chatbots, and then I, I publish what the answer was, and it's always horrible. Always, always horrible. Yeah. So that's one my that's my final little nail in the coffin just to just to keep having a little dig at the road. <laughs> okay. Tell me something you struggle with or find tough in the world of writing, that is. Oh wow. Um well, I, I purely focus nowadays on this the shorter form stuff. Right. Um, which is more like conceptual, the big idea, headlines, really kind of snappy, you know, three or four word slogans, the longer stuff. I used to do it quite a bit, like blog posts and case stuff. studies and yeah. stuff, but just, yeah, I don't really like, I, I, that's why I, I love writing little short stories. The, the stuff I do with the scammers is just like, the, you know, the now and again, you get it quite long, some of the slides, but it's just a, a little mad short story in and out. I think my I've got quite a short attention span. I like I love sketch, you know, sketch comedy, I'm just dead quick in and out punchlines. Like, oh yeah, that's that's funny. That that's my style. So yeah. I think yeah, it's kind of translated over to the way I work as well. Um, so anything longer form, um, not that I not that I struggle with it really. I can do it. I just it's just like it. I, yeah, I don't don't enjoy it at all. I mean, don't get me wrong. Now and again, I could be in the middle of a, a job coming up with like a campaign. And the idea is just not coming. So sometimes 
the idea takes a while to kind of fall into play. And that's why, like, building time in between. I can't, I very rarely, like, do day rate stuff with an agency. Oh, can you come and work for us for a day and we'll have this idea polished off by five? And I'm like, ain't, got, ain't gonna work. Like, give me the brief on a Monday. I'll I'll take it away. I'll have a think about it. I'll come back on a Wednesday. I'll, you know, we'll have, we'll have a, a, a chat about it. I'll ask any questions. Give me the weekend to think it over. I'll probably start coming up with our first ideas in my phone notes the following Wednesday. Something will probably start forming and then I'll present, uh, present it on the Friday, the first kind of loose ideas. So, um, for me, that's a much better kind of way of working than yeah. yeah coming up with stuff on the fly. So, um, and even then, you know, if I've, if I've given myself two weeks, I'm kind of confident enough that I'll have uh, at least I'll be there probably eighty percent of the way there, cracking the brief. You know, occasionally it'll get to week two, and I'm still like, these are sounding a bit shit, and I'm <laughs> like, what am I gonna do? And I'm like, thinking, ah, oh, I could just you know sack all of this off and rent you know sun lounges out on the beach in spain or whatever yeah. sure that's a lot easier and i'm sure loads of creators have thought that like wouldn't it be just easier like being an hgv driver and just having a destination to go to nine hours just me in the road Take like a podcast on. yeah well my dad was a van driver so i'll be keeping the family uh family <laughs> tradition going he's retired now but yeah um so yeah there's there's times where it's like ah uh, like this is hard and getting started sometimes is hard but everyone finds that i think mm. the procrastination um rather than just like getting straight into it digesting the brief coming up with first ideas getting doing them boxes getting my words down bang like once i'm into it the ideas come at all times usually 3 a.m when i get up for me me middle of the night we and i'm like that on the toilet ah yeah you gotta do that gotta get that idea down funny it's mad mad where ideas come from but yeah i know i know loads of loads of creatives will, will say the same yeah yeah on, on that note when you're so if you if you get businesses coming to you because they want to make their brand a little bit more fun or a little bit more engaging are there any ultra boring businesses that you've worked with that have asked you that and you've had to come up with something to 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 make them more less boring <laughs> yeah they, most of them to be honest oh, okay. they're, not, they're normally quite they're normally quite not maybe not boring but they just they've just done things the traditional way quite safe yeah. and it's always been just we you know we provide this we do that it's always been about us and and you know our business and this and our business that so it's it it, it tends to be quite they, they tend to be quite insular it, okay. it's, it's rare that i mean now and again i'll work with a big household brand so they, they know what to do and they're just coming to me from for some ideas but m- most of the ones who come to me to help them specifically with with humorous stuff are usually coming from a place of kind of yeah mediocrity quite safe just been doing doing stuff the same for years okay they've probably got a nice little brand and you know built up a, an audience of, of kind of loyal customers over the years but yeah when they come to me and it, it's a case of like i worked worked a couple of years ago um still working with them with, with them occasionally actually um it was a software company um and like soft, most software companies quite techy, aren't they? The language mm. they use, you see the, the way they talk about gigabytes and all of this, and it's just like the, I think most of them are quite confident that the people buying from them will be okay with all of this terminology, and they, they'll understand features. And if you throw acronyms at them, it'll be sound. But yeah. marketing doesn't really work that way. If you if you you've still got to be creative, and you've still got to make you know get your stuff noticed yeah. and make it simple enough for the penny to drop. Um, 
So it was quite refreshing, actually, when a, yeah, a, a software company that had always done that type of stuff, I was looking at their previous stuff, and it was just, like, really dry, you know, four likes on LinkedIn when they were should really be doing loads better, or, you know, some of the, the ads that they were putting out were getting, like, one response, if any, mm. just a pure waste of money. Um, and they just had a really, really kind of switched on Um marketing director who said right we need to we need to speak more to our target audience most software companies speak to the techies but like this particular software company the 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 audience that they had they weren't techie at all they were just like blokes and um the software that these blokes were using um it was a software but um the way they were trying to sell it was just like they were speaking to IT managers and the IT managers like weren't asked that these were like, you know, hairy ass fellas who're gonna be using this tool like on the streets and, and you know, doing their job. So they needed to speak to those type of people. So yeah, we went back to like the game it gave me load or oh, I asked a load of questions at the start. So who is the audience? And they were like, Oh, it's this, this, this and okay, what type of stuff did they read? And it's like they share like daft memes. They don't read like you know yeah, highbrow yeah. stuff. They just fa- just just everyday blokes. So I was like, just speak to them like everyday blokes. So it was the first for even though I'd wor- I'd worked on it, it was the first time I'd really felt like a software company had kind of crossed that divide between just being completely techy yeah. and just going, you know what, we all we speak your. I know it's, again, it's a bit of a cliche. We speak your language. Everyone says that, but like the the saying, we speak your language, and then everything you put out is just in real kind of real simple layman's terms, which the audience gets straight away. Yeah. So that's that's one example um, where. Okay. They've really gone from yeah a traditionally safe and you know all about ourselves to embracing like you, you know we've got to speak our audience's language here and, and get um or put put stuff out that is gonna is gonna make them notice it and, and the, the the like the, the response for them they've had they've had like loads of big companies that previously were kind of on their radar I've been going oh love love your stuff yeah. like really speak to us like we can tell that you get us straight away and that's for me that's job done if 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 people think that the brands that i'm writing for if, if people go oh yeah you know you, you understand us it's like sound perfect okay, okay. tell me uh, if there was a, a writer you could shadow for the day who would it be and why um i think i'm i think i maybe mentioned it before but this yeah good mate of mine like just amazing copywriter called Eddie Schlener. He's based in Chicago. Uh, yeah, he runs, I think I, I signed up to his newsletter as well, actually. Yeah, he runs very good copy. Um, and I think just the way he—I mean, he, he tells like loads of loads of really kind of impactful stories about it. It's all, and it's all about like the power of copywriting and um, just the way he tells stories. He, he'll focus in on the little nuances of like emotion and little glances that people might have, which have. Like hidden meaning, which I um, because most of mine is most of my stuff and my stories that I write is kind of aiming to make people laugh and smile. I can mm. tend to overlook the, the 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 more thoughtful stuff and the stuff that really kind of grabs you there. Yeah, he, he did. Funnily enough, a ChatGPT um comparison. He was talking about. I mean, Eddie's dead open about. It. He's like, look, you know, I'm not against AI, so I welcome these tools. They're, not, they're here to help us. So he looks at it a bit more, kind of yeah, a bit less closed off than I do, um, or a lot less closed off than I do, but um. In one of his earlier examples, when just not long after um, the, the, the chatbots had first come out, he just typed in, um, give me 80 words on um, what it's like to be there at the birth of your son. 
and ChatGPT like spat what it, it spat what it, whatever it could out, and it was just as expected, you know, horrible robotic, emotionless yeah. stuff, trying to kind of fake the idea of um, being, you know, witnessing the, the, the you know, miracle birth of mm. you, you know, your, your firstborn son, and then Eddie wrote his version in eighty words. And it was like I had tears in my eyes by the end of it, oh, and wow. I was like, "That for me, there's the there's the difference straight there." You got one which kind of fakes um, human experience, yeah. and one which you, you go, "He was he was there, like you you were." I was with him in the room, and it was just like amazing. So just to be able to, um, yeah, just to be able to shadow him and get get in, into his kind of process and stuff, which I mean, he. He shares loads about uh, you know everything to do with copyright, and so there'll be there'll be stuff on his web. Honestly, I, I recommend everyone go up, um, subscribe to very good copy the newsletter. He's got courses and all sorts of stuff. It'll make you a you know a thousand times better writer. Okay, but yeah, his, his stuff. He's the one that I'd go. Yeah, let's let's see how to do more of that. Not that it would be like. I don't I don't think it would it would, it would benefit me in terms of. Um, but it, no, it would benefit me in, t- in terms of adding those more emotive points, which I think I I, I miss. I think our our styles are completely different, but yeah. I think I think we still approach things kind of the same way. But the way he hones in and zooms in on the the, the tiny little nuances that make us human, he's like he's just like a, an artist at that. Fair enough. I'm sure you get asked this next question quite regularly, but if someone came up to you and said they wanted to be a writer, what would you tell them? Um, okay, I th- again, I think I've mentioned this before, but um, I, I I took a while to find my my voice, my my own writing voice, and it was only really when it started freelancing. So I hadn't really needed to before, but yeah, I'd say for any 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 writers looking or anyone's looking to looking to get kind of started in in, in writing, just try and write as much of your own stuff as you can early on and not just be bogged down in client work where you're kind of writing in all different tones, which is easy to do once, you know, you need to start earning money and stuff and mm. you, you need to kind of build your portfolio. It's all about like writing for those different brands. But if if you ever really want to, you know, get serious about marketing your own stuff or get into writing other stuff, you know, books or, or, or um, screenplays or anything like that, I think, I think, understanding your own voice and knowing your own voice and um doing what i've done which is kind of let it be like one of your, your standout things which gets you recognized um yeah i'd say try and do that which is it's hard it took it took a pandemic for me to go right okay i'm really gonna lean into the funny it was like a conscious decision mm. at a time when the whole world was just crying and morbid and you know ceos everywhere with that I hadn't dealt with for 10 years were sending me emails saying, you know, we really care about you. So I was just like doing parodies <laughs> of them. And I was kind of, you know, making light of as much as I could. I think the world needed the entire... it though, didn't they? Didn't yeah, it? I think, yeah, yeah, I think so. I needed it anyway. So, yeah. and I was at the, at the time, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm in a, a co-working space here. Last thing I want to do is be writing stuff in the box room. So I was proper doom and gloom as well. I was like anything just to keep the, you know, keep the, keep me day fun. So I was just yeah leaning more into the funny stuff, and it it really really helped. Um, 
you know, not only like kind of position me as as one of the go to people for that that type of funny stuff, but yeah. um, get me get me work as well. <laughs> like it's mad. Like everyone's on furlough and stuff. I had my most successful year. Just like those four months, it was just like clients everywhere. Oh yeah, we need to we need to ramp up our market. And uh, when you help us with that, I was like, I was chocker. Never stop. <laughs> Silver linings, eh? Yeah. Oh man. Any any silver linings I'll take, yeah. It was a shit time, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Just as to know it's weird just looking back on it now, I just think how bonkers the whole thing was. Totally mad. That's nuts, yeah. Me and my wife are the same. We go, oh, I remember that. Like there was just there was something I photo I screen grabbed on I'd posted it on Twitter and it, it cropped up on my timeline and it was a Sky News article. And it was it was an article about what you can and can't do at public gatherings like weddings. Mm. And yeah. one of the paragraphs that I'd highlighted is um you'll be allowed to have a dance floor. Um and while dancing won't be illegal. <laughs> um and I was like Dance. I was like, look at that sentence. Dancing won't be illegal. Like, what? What alternative reality are we in here? And it was just like, what a time. News articles having to say whether dancing is illegal or not. I was just like mind blowing. So, yeah. Like, I know you know we've all lived 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 through it, and you know, obviously there was really the horrors for you know hundreds of thousands of people who didn't. Um, but for, yeah, yeah. But for, for for those who've kind of yeah, who, who look back and remember what a what a really weird Bonkers, or harrowing time it was. Yeah. I don't think the reality of it will ever set in. Like it was, it was September the eleventh, wasn't it, the other day? Yeah. Um, and it was like the twenty second anniversary of that, is it? Um, and I, I remember like you know as as most of us do, watching all of the the, the horrors unfold on the telly, and it's just like. You know, when you take a step back and go, I'll, I'll never kind of the, the 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 gravitas of that situation and the horrors of it. Mm. It will. I'll never be able to fully kind of digest it. And I think it's the same with the the pandemic. If you think about it too much, you'll just go nuts. It's yeah. just mad, isn't it? Yeah. So okay. anyway, we will move on to the last question then. Dave, okay. we speak again in twelve months, and you say to me, "Do you know what? It's been a really successful year. What would have happened?" Yeah, well, I've mentioned it a couple of times now, so I'm starting my own copywriting agency, or my, I keep saying my own, so I'm dead selfish. <laughs> me, me and one of my mates, Ben McKinney, who's a boss copywriter and really sound, um, and we get on dead well, which is why I'm going into business with him. Um, yet we're teaming up to open a copywriting agency called Copy or Die. So, um, yeah, as you can imagine by the name, we will be leaning into the whole premise that, you know, um, brands and businesses with shit copy um, <laughs> are as good as doomed. So you really need that um, witty, relatable, um, weird, funny um, type of copy um, yeah. to, to stand out. And, yeah, brands with, with that type of stuff, you know, have got the potential to live forever. Otherwise, you get forgotten really fast. Um, so... Yeah, I think in twelve months' time, if that's off the ground, well, I mean, I'm hoping it's off the ground. We're launching in a couple of weeks, but well, what, was the, got... what was the thought process between for take for starting that as opposed to just carrying on with the freelance stuff? Yeah, I've been freelancing now for like seven, yeah, seven years. Um, and I'm just at the point where I'm I'm only really getting. I've got the ability to take on probably one in every twenty jobs that get offered to me, just because okay. it's purely me and because. 
you know the way I the way I um, speak in in most of my own market and stuff. It tends to be clients like, oh, can, like we we definitely want you to write our stuff. So it's mm. it's me having to do all every single bit from the start to the finish of the project. Whereas um, I'm at the point now where you know just me little boy was two last month. I want to get to the point where you know I'm earning a little bit of dough while I'm feeding him breakfast. I don't want everything I ever do to be um, dependent on me sitting in a chair writing you know yeah. silly words all day so it's kind of yeah a two-pronged thing one i'm t- i'm having to turn down loads of really cool projects which does my head in yeah. i'd love to get to work on more um and two yeah just i think um yeah being able to uh, earn a little bit more coin while not being chained to me um me, me pc is definitely a- an added bonus so um yeah so me and ben will be um, we're building up our network of sector and media specialist copywriters as we speak. Okay. So we'll have yeah experienced writers who know their stuff. They've, they've, most of them will have been doing it for years, so that when you know an IT company comes in and you need really niche speciality stuff, we've got someone who, who, who can hit the ground running, and we, you know we're not having to just um, like I think a lot of agencies out there they'll have either you know creatives fresh from uni or you know bright-eyed bushy-tailed freelancers who are like oh i'm struggling i need to get a job um i think yeah we'll be coming at it slightly different we'll be looking to um work with more experienced people who who really know their stuff um and i think by doing that i think one the the, you know the the client the clients will have less of a like oh dave is it you know we just want you to work on our stuff whereas I'll be able to say I'll still be I'll still be overseeing it. I'll probably be you know coming up with the concepts and stuff, but um, I'll be working closely with really good writers. We won't just be palming this off to um, you know people on Upwork to yeah. to do the stuff. <laughs> It'll can, be, can you yeah, can you train good... people to write in your style? Yeah, yeah, easy, e- easy. Like um, good, good. I think good writers you you can. I think it would be hard. Like I don't think. I don't think I could just get someone maybe, you know, who's, who's been doing it a couple of years or fresh from uni and say, you know, you know, just there's a load of my previous stuff, like writing this style. Not that that's what the clients want. The clients mm. don't want, it's again, it's not the Dave Arlen show. It's going to be, it's got, it's going to follow a lot of the approaches that I take in terms of humor and relatability and weirdness and wittiness and all of that type of stuff. But it's still yeah. going to be in their own tone of voice or whatever tone is, you know, going to get them noticed in the market. But, yeah, I think I could. I could. Yeah, it's back to like me, like being quite impatient, and I get a nosebleed if I write anything over four hundred words. I probably could have had all of these fancy systems yeah. in place years ago, and I probably could have opened an agency five years ago if I'd have been smart about it. But again, it's stuff like this takes time. I'm not a marketer; I'm a writer. So the kind of you know the, the making money side of things and the getting really shrewd with marketing systems and all of that. It's like it's just it's 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 taking time to fall into place. And Ben, who's going to meet me, co-founder, he's really hot on like processes and stuff, and okay. he's well, he's well more there with with all of that type of stuff. So I think naturally he'll be more like kind of processes, operations, but still a dead good writer. Um, and me, I'll be yeah. Um, doing a little bit more of the creative stuff and the ideation. Um, I think nice. that's probably how we'll go. But um, but yeah, um, 
Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun one. Um, and if you know if all else fails, or if I say something that gets me cancelled, nothing's <laughs> lost. Ben Ben's still doing copywriting. He's also got a window cleaning business, which is just I I love. He's like I love that he's like a grafter as well. Um, which kind of yeah, it, it speaks to my kind of roots and my um you know my family's background all about good art graft and stuff. Yeah. In fact, a lot of them look at. You know, I just get paid for writing stories all day. Like how how on earth how on earth does this boy um, get by just by doing silly stuff? But yeah, somehow I've winged it. Um, so, uh, so so when's, so yeah, when, yeah. when's it going live? It's going to go live. Um, the web the website we just did the right yeah the hardest bit the writing of the copy state. If only we had two copywriters who've been yeah. doing it for years. Um, so yeah, it's it's almost there design wise. Um, dollar brand and sorted. It's just a case of yeah, writing the copy. So probably what are we in now? Probably the start of October, I think realistically. Okay. But um, I've sneakily already got like a wait list of clients, which I I put a shout out on my newsletter, um, which is my copywriting newsletter few weeks back saying if you've ever wanted my brand on your brain um now's your chance because i'm opening an agency and we got like 300 odd people on a wait list so oh, hopefully yeah yeah but we were like i was i'd have been happy with five so well, like, oh, what shit, did you expect when you hit publish yeah. what did you think you were gonna get back oh i, I thought like maybe maybe 20 at a push because i'm mm. like Again, not a marketer. It, 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 like I've got a sponsor's slot at the top of it, which I'm, I've only really added that in the last year because Ed, Eddie and a few other people with you know newsletters with de- a decent amount of subscribers, um, they kind of had it to monetize it, and I was paying like you know two hundred and fifty quid a month Mailchimp fees, and I was like, oh, I need to I need to start covering that. Like it's costing me money this this free newsletter. So I'd kind of just yeah fell into um, how am I going to monetize this? Um, by the way, so, by the way, Dave, I think there's a lot cheaper ways to be putting out a newsletter than that sort of money for Mailchimp every month. Yeah, yeah, there probably is. I've I've switched over actually. I'm on Mailer like now, but again, it's back to me. Like I, I just I paid someone who who knows. Like I, I know that she's like a Mailchimp expert, Catherine, mm. and I was just like, "Oh, can you do this for me?" She's like, "Yeah, sorted." Um, and I don't really like getting bogged down into the tech technical stuff too much. So, um, I know there's people doing Substack and monetizing the stuff like, like that way, but even like you know, but buy me a coffee and you get this for free. It's just like <laughs> it just doesn't feel me like asking people to buy me a coffee for sharing a few tips. I'd sooner I'd sooner just give the stuff away for free and have a sponsor. Um, yeah. Which is what the the market and meeting do that they have a sponsor um, and all of their talks are free. So, um, but yeah, mad tangent. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd have been made up with like probably, I'd have, I'd have been I'd have been gutted if there was like less than twenty because I'd have gone oh shit this market isn't it not really yeah. working for me but to have three hundred on there and like some big names some big brand names like marketing directors big big like, that's incredible I was like, oh. obviously, we've got the job of converting them now to becoming um, to becoming clients, and no doubt they'll be, you know, half of them will probably go, what? It's not you writing every single word. See you later. But yeah. I mean, I tried to be upfront about it. I tried to explain. Look, I'll be more of a kind of copy director, creative copy director, still coming up with the ideas, but I just won't be writing every single kind of word and dotting every dot on every i. So mm. we'll see how it goes. And like I said, if it, if it all goes tits up. We've both got. I've got me me freelancing to fall back on, and Ben's got his freelancing and his window cleaning to to do. So I think we're yeah we're both happily just kind of revert back to what we were doing, and we'll try something else. But 
we're, we're, we're hoping that it could be something really nice and um yeah we're, we're going to be working with some some really kind of big names night really nice clients who want to do things the right way yeah. um so yeah looking forward to it mate i have got no doubt in my mind that it will be a success i think in 12 months time i'm gonna email you and find out what's going on but i think it's gonna be good um i am conscious of your time so we'll, we'll wrap it up there i want to thank you for coming on like I said you at the beginning, it's something I've been you were one of the names on my my list that I wanted from the outset. So it was great to chat to you. Where can I direct people who want to come and say hi? Just LinkedIn or I mean I will link I suppose let me know when your website's live for your agency and I'll and I'll change the link in that to that as well. But is it is it LinkedIn primarily? Yeah, mainly LinkedIn, yeah. I'm I'm on there most days. Um I'm at, at Weirdman Copy. On, on Twitter, um, okay. but that's, yeah. If you I, I'll, I'll link to now. everything. I'll link to Twitter, LinkedIn. I'll link to your newsletter, um, yeah. all that stuff. You can get me newsletter at my website as well. My website's thewearman.co.uk, but if you put putting links up, yeah, you can get you can get links to most of the stuff on my website, thewearman.co.uk. And obviously when the agency is launched, that'll be copyordi.co.uk. So, yeah. Okay. I will, I will we'll, link to everything. Dave, nice thank you so much for your time today, mate. It's been a real pleasure chatting to you. Yeah, cheers, Chris. No pleasure's all mine. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Thanks for That was 10Q interview with the legend of LinkedIn, Mr. Dave Harland. If you made it to the end, thank you. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm assuming you did since you're still here. Feel free to share any thoughts on any of the social channels at 10Q interview everywhere you may look. That's all from me for now. Make sure you subscribe wherever you are listening to this and the next 10Q interview episode will be live in your feed very, very soon. Take care.